thank you for hitting play. I really appreciate that. I am so excited. I literally am like jumping out of my skin for you to hear this conversation. One of the most anticipated, most requested people I've had, my dear, dear friend, Kate Lumpkin. She is uh, a casting director. She is a teacher. She is... She, she's so much more than those things. That's why I feel like so that's so limiting. And, and I know that um, it's nice to have a little bit of context around somebody. Um, but I, I just feel like that that doesn't do her justice. She's somebody that consistently lifts people up. She is so insightful and she has so much, such a wealth of experience that she brings to every single interaction and conversation that she has that and and I, and I say this at the beginning but I really feel like Kate is somebody that when you you know sit down and have a conversation with her or you see her in passing like you just leave feeling more full than uh when you arrived and that is a really special quality in a person she has the ability to make you excited about you and what you're capable of and I this this is this episode is so packed with juicy, juicy, juicy stuff that I would encourage you to like write down things that are like little quotables because Kate loves a quotable, just things that connect with you. They're, they're, it's, it, it's just jam-packed. Like I was listening back and I couldn't even, like I was taking notes so that I could recap for you and I couldn't even keep up with the things that were pouring out of her mouth. Some of the things that we talk about, and truly this is only some, we talk about having a point of view. We talk about relationships. We talk about building patience into your life. We talk about what it means to change your path and how to do that and why you might want to do that. We talk about um, habits and habit forming and habit change. We talk about defining success. We talk about the importance of community. We talk about showing up for others and showing up for yourself. We talk about um, vulnerability. She says, Vulnerability is the new sexy, and man, oh man, do I believe that so deeply, I can't even talk about it. And I think the through line, which is a, a, a term that Kate likes to use for our conversation, is it's about the work of being alive. And I just, I think you're going to get so much value out of the things that Kate has to share. I cannot wait for you to listen, so I'm going to get out of the way. I hope you're having a great day. I want you to know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now, and I am so, so grateful that I, that you have put me in your ears right now. That is so cool, and I'm just, thank you. And I have endless gratitude for you, Miss Kate Lumpkin, because you, you're willing always to show up and be vulnerable and be truthful, and it just means the world to me. So that's all. You're going to love this. Please, please, please enjoy this conversation, this juicy, juicy, juicy conversation with my dear friend, Kate Lumpkin. What are we talking about today? I have to be honest with you. Nothing? I have no agenda. I have no... Um, I have, I have, I have no focus. No, I, I honestly, like, I just, well, obviously you were someone that like, I was going to have on at some, like, yeah. 
at some point um, because you're a part of the group of people in the city that like are I, I like I don't know how to explain it other than like incubators like for my brain mm-hmm. where I'm like oh this is a person that, like I know I'm gonna sit down with for like whatever we're dinner coffee 15 minutes passing by and like I'm gonna walk away feeling more full than when I sat down thank you so I was like, there's no brain. Like, of course you're going to be on the podcast. And you had done the other way. We did the live thing, like however long ago that was. Like, that was like almost two years ago. No, a year and a half ago. If that was only a year and a half ago, like I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Um, <laughs> no, but then uh, uh, Brittany brought you up. Uh-huh. And then obviously Peter brought you up. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, I want to do this before I leave because... I'm not releasing anything in December. I took, I'm, I'm like, I'm off of social media. Like I am yeah. on a de- full out detox. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back in January. Um, and I have, I'll, well, well, I'll tell you afterwards, like what my, I have like a, a full plan. out. Well, yeah. Like I have taken actually one of the things that you recommended to Brittany. And also I've heard you say just like in the ether, but I was like, I've really tried to apply it to my life. And it has given me so much clarity in terms of like, for me, I'm like three month plan. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. I'm not worried about a year. Yep. I'm not worried about six months. I'm like, I'm, I am going to do a three month game plan of like what it is that I want. Cause I really, it's attainable. it is. And it was hard for me. I like said to my therapist, I was like, I feel like I have no goals anymore. Like this year was a big year of me detaching from ego and like mm-hmm. revisiting all of the uh, aspirations that I had and being like, wait a minute, like why is it that I really want this thing? Yeah. Is that thing going to ultimately bring me like fulfillment and happiness yeah. on a day-to-day basis? You know what I mean? Rather than just like the hit of dopamine. Sure. And uh, so I like completely, all these goals that I had had set for myself, I was like, wait a minute, none of those are really things that I actually want anymore. And here's the tricky thing. I've had this realization recently. I, if you look at my life on paper this past year, I got everything I wanted. Everything that I put into the universe at the top of the year that I like wanted to achieve professionally, I kind of did it. Like down to my loftiest dream was to create a piece with Stephen Hoggett and like, I did it. And you had, you had no foresight of that happening. Zero foresight. Literally someone was like, in a perfect world, what would you want to work on? And I was like, oh my God, I just want to make something with like Hoggett. And then I got to do it. <laughs> like, Did you take actionable steps to make that zero. happen? Zero. I got a random phone call. Somebody, the the piece involved non-union casting and the someone recommended me because of my history working with the non-union actor pool. And like literally it came out of nowhere. I got the call or I got the email when I was on my honeymoon in France. Um, it, but all this to say on paper, like I ticked off all the boxes, like all the boxes, every box professionally, that was something I really wanted to do. And what I realized is like, at the end of this year, I'm sitting here and I am depleted. Huh? And I, to like, to steal your language, like I am not full, not because I haven't achieved things that I'm really proud of and like worked with people I'm really proud of. And I do feel like I did Good work. I can walk away from 2018 being like, yeah, you did good work. Proud of your work. I'm proud of my work. I'm proud of the growth of my company and like growth in myself. But like, I didn't get to spend time with my friends. I didn't get to like do anything for myself. I did not go to the gym once this year. Like, you know me, I Mm -hmm. am 
active. I physically, I I was a dancer for a long time. Like my body is my temple and I did not pray this year. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I'm leaving this year trying to figure out, okay, the way we set goals on paper is wrong. How do we set goals that are not on paper, that are in our brains, that are ingrained in our bodies that we can achieve at the end of every day? How can I create goals that are literally inside of my skin that at the end of the night I can go down from my head to my toes and like check off before I fall asleep? I maintained those goals throughout the day because like I'm sick of goals on paper. You can get them and you still walk away like, okay. Right. What next? What? That's what ends up happening. It's like you yeah. get to the thing. There's this whole and, big. I'm not trying to complain. Like, no, please no, no, know no, no, that no, like no, 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 I'm no. very proud and happy, but like it's not enough. It's not enough just to check boxes off on a piece of paper. Like you have to find a way to set goals that are interpersonal and that are intercellular. You know? Yes. I mean, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's this whole. I, I don't remember. I think, yeah, Simon Sinek was, he gave this talk. The he, man. Yeah, he gave, he, one of the story that he tells is like a lot of Olympic athletes, they set this goal of becoming Olympians and winning gold medals and they go to the Olympics and they make it and they do when they win and then they fall really hard mm-hmm. into depression. And this is consistent with high achievers of any level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because you have put your worth and you, you've you essentially bet everything on this one thing happening. And when it does happen, all of a sudden it's like that question you just said, now what? I think it's also even trickier with people in the arts than it is with people in sports. Let me tell you why. Interesting. Not to say that people in business or in sports or any of those kind of things don't also attach a personal aspect to their work. So much of their personhood is wrapped up in their sport and their, you know, what they do. But I think we trick ourselves as artists, right? Because my job, so much of my job is based on interpersonal relationships, understanding human drama, understanding human connection, crafting relationships, being around other people. Like I'm constantly surrounded by people. I'm constantly working on these things. And then you know, I step away and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I saw people I love today and I created and I got to work and I got to do all these things. No, it was all work. Like at the end of the day, if we step back and actually evaluate what my relationships with those people at that point in time were, it was work. The thing that I was crafting and creating was work. I was being compensated for that work, right? So it's really hard. And I try to challenge people that I'm working with to really honor the separation between personal and artistic. And it's nearly impossible, but you have to find it in this industry because otherwise you think you're being filled. And really the reality is you are being depleted without honoring the fact that you still need to be filled in some way. It's so powerful. And it's like real. It's very real. (laughs) Well, that's why there's so many people that are, you know, they do, they have side projects. They have other things that they're working on because you, you can't think that one thing is going to be is just going to fill up your cup. No, and like most people think like, oh, when I get that Broadway contract, like I'll be full. I'll, I'll have done it. I'll I've achieve that goal. I've heard so many goal. horror stories now. Yeah, I mean, and it's not all, like, I think people do really feel like they have, and they have achieved yes. something. Like it's miraculous. Yes. You are a miracle when yes. you have signed that contract. Literally, not figuratively, an actual miracle. So like honor that and take it in. But the stars it's aligned not, to put you in that place. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it is a legitimate miracle. Okay. But at the same time, like there has to be more 
that's a contract. You signed a contract. You're doing a job. And it's going to end. And it's like you signed a contract to work at Deloitte and Touche. Like you have responsibilities. You have to show up. It's your job. It will end at some point. So it is, it's hard. Like I think the, the real job of an actor, everyone is like, well, the real job of an actor or being a creative is the audition, right? Like that's the real job. And then when you work, it's the play. And I'm like, actually, no, the real job of an artist is to figure out how to be a human outside of the art. Oh yes. Give it to me. <laughs> like, Give it like, to me. The real job is figuring out like, how do I yes. separate myself from Marion Peru when I'm playing Marion Peru? Who am I? And who are my relationships with outside of the like, quote unquote, family that I'm a part of right now that will end? That will end. Like, what, what do I do as an artist? <sighs> That's yeah. the job. I, I have, I have this, I'm so glad that you said that because so much of what I've been trying to do this last year is the, the, the wording I've been using is establish like a baseline. Mm-hmm. It's like, who am I? The through line. Who am I in New York? Mm-hmm. And then whatever artistic things I get to do on top of that, amazing. And like, it's all like, that's like a bonus for me is mm-hmm. when I get to go like do a show or, or like, that's a, a super bonus. But like, what is my baseline? Like who, my restaurants and just like things that I want to be doing and like, how I feel about myself, my like daily practices and all those things. Because without that, like there's, I, I have a friend who um, booked, um, was in getting the man back together. Mm-hmm. And she was not somebody who was like pursuing the, she had like taken a break yeah. from pursuing theater. She had gone on tour, played a lead on tour and was like, I just need to like figure out who I am as a human being. She found out who she was and she like, Built a, built herself a little life in New York. She's a yoga teacher, a lot of different things. Yeah. And when she booked the job, she was like, this is amazing, but like, it's not all of me. Mm-mm. Like I have other, it's like, she's like, I'm really excited because I don't feel this like intense pressure yeah. for this thing to be like my whole entire life. She's like, I still have this life outside of this. If the show happens to close, which I end up doing, I have a life. Like I still have a, a life that I actually love, like a, a life that I'm like really proud of and feel fulfilled in. And like this artistic thing, it's amazing. And it's a huge piece of me, but it is only a bonus. But like, I don't blame people for thinking that Broadway is going to be the thing that fills them. Well, like I work with kids all over the country, right? I work with the Broadway collective. I teach at colleges all over the country. Yeah, This is so interesting. Then I need to hear, I want you to talk on this because that is Fascinating. So especially in this state, so I'm a I'm a age myself here. Okay. Like YouTube didn't really exist for me until I was in college and okay. I took a gap year. So like YouTube was around, but it wasn't yeah. like what it is now. High school for me. Right. Yeah. And there definitely weren't bootlegs when I was in high school. No. That like I I found bootlegs because my friend, <laughs> my friend and I like would go into like the dark internet and and buy DVDs yep. from sketchy people. Like I would write yep. letters to people's random addresses that I found on chat boards yep. and like they would send me a DVD. Like that's and the, the real, like yeah. that's the real. Yep. Yep. So yeah, and like the envelope would show up and it'd be like Adina's last performance of Wicked. Like, I'm dead. The one where she broke her rib. Like I have that DVD. Okay, so like paid real people money for it. So, but all I have to say, like I work with kids now and like Instagram exists and YouTube exists and the only things that they're seeing are highly commercialized um, shows that are Broadway bootlegs or like the B-roll from shows or like they're all obsessed with like the London production of Heathers, right? Like all this stuff. So of course they're going to think the only thing that's fulfilling is if you're doing that thing. And when I was a kid, like the only thing that I saw were Broadway shows, Broadway national tours or like 
the idea in a movie of what it meant to be an actor. And it was always like, you were a star on Broadway. Opening night. Opening night, right? Like, that's it. That was the whole dream. And so, you know, I always work with these kids and I try to say like, why? Why? What do you want? What is this thing? Um, And they can't verbalize why they want Broadway. They just know they like to sing. They like to dance. And like, I'm here for their Broadway dreams. Like, I am trying to teach them how to achieve the realities of what this business is mm-hmm. so that they can achieve that goal yeah. if that's what they decide to achieve. But I I think the hard thing is there's not a lot of like coupling, which is what we're trying to do with the collective, is like coupling the realities of the industry and the realities of this dream with like, how do we approach this from a humanistic perspective? How can you be a whole, full, rich human who that then comes to the work? And nobody was talking to me about that when I was 12. Like nobody used the term point of view when, when I was, I was 22, Kate. Right. Like, <laughs> like, it's, this is, but this is college too. Like the colleges right. are perpetuating the same problem. Right. Because there's this idea that like, unless you're booked and blessed, you're not blessed. Right. Which is bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Like, like I'm bullshit. very blessed. Like, and what's so funny is like a lot of kids, the first thing they say is, so like what Broadway shows have you cast? And I'm like zero. <laughs> and I used to feel depleted by it. Mm-hmm. Like I used to let that make me feel less than. And I was like, Kate, in two years, you have created your own company. You have cast shows for like major regional theaters, but most importantly, like you are consistently paying your bills in New York city through being an entrepreneur in the arts. Like that's it. That is an achievement period. It doesn't matter where that money is coming from. It doesn't matter. I have created a viable working thing that I love and that artistic company, artistic company that is letting me pay my rent in New York city. More than that, like it's letting me eat in New York city. It's letting me breathe and pay for the MTA in New York city. Like that is an achievement. And so I think the reality though, is these people, these kids are being fed this mythology that your whole worth is based on you know, a 10 block radius in one city in the world. One regional theater scene. One regional theater scene. And so a part of what I like set out as a mission and as well, a huge reason why I'm a casting director is so that I get to teach. Because for some reason, people won't let you teach unless you're what like, is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like a huge part of why I do this is so that yeah. like people will say like, oh, well, she casts things. So like maybe she can teach me. The reality is like, I, I'm i a teacher first. Yeah. Um, And so like, a huge part of what I want to do as a teacher is like teach kids at like age 12, age 15, age 19. Like you will not be successful unless you know what kind of food you like to eat, what kind of music you like to listen to, like where in the world you want to visit. And like, once you visited there, why it was special, like you have to have a point of view and nobody talked to me about that. In fact, I crafted my entire point of view around the characters that I played when I was a kid. I can look back on the way that I say certain words because I remember seeing in a movie that that's how Winona Ryder said it. Like, I crafted my identity around fictional characters and parts that I was playing. And I never let myself explore what my point of view was until I was like 23 years old, 25 years old, probably. Probably these last two years is where I really honed what my point of view is. I would, I would, I would, I would feel aligned with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact that like I crafted a huge part of my identity around the 1994 Joe March in The Little Women with Winona Ryder. Like I was like, oh, that's who I should be. She's interesting. She's creative. She's fun. She lives in New York. She's all these things I want to be. So I should talk like Winona Ryder, right? We do that as artists. We latch on to these kind of ideas and these things. Yeah, social makes it worse too. 
Oh, I mean, I can't even imagine being 12 right now. Because, right, because you see, let's say, you know, someone who's in a Broadway show on on Instagram mm-hmm. and only shows sort of the highlights of what that experience is. Yep. But it's not showing the cockroaches in the dressing room. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. For I mean, liter- literally. It's like fascinating that you say that. When my sister was in high school, my parents bought her a walk-on role in Smokey Joe's Cafe on Broadway through <laughs> the Broadway Cares Equity Fights yeah. Aid sidewalk sale. Come it on. was like a whole thing and all my sister wanted to do was be on Broadway and so they were like, okay, for your birthday and for Christmas and like for all your presents, we're gonna like do this for you. It's gonna be amazing. So she got to like go on. Mm-hmm. Felicia Finley was with her backstage at the Virginia Theater then, not the August Wilson. Yes. And I remember we were on the train home after this like magical weekend where she was like on stage with BJ Crosby like singing Charlie Brown like she had an insert in the playbill, like call your love kid on Broadway. And she looked at me on the train. She was like, I don't ever want to do that again. It's gross. <laughs> like at 15, she yeah. literally was like, the, the theater was gross. And like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And so she stopped and now she's a chef and she does all sorts of really cool things. She's an educator. And I look back and I think like she, that experience brought the reality of like what it really means to be an artist and to be a working artist and what the conditions are and all of the things. And for some people it fuels them and it's the fire and it's everything for Collier. It was not right. And she was done. She's out. Um, but not everybody gets that experience. Yeah. I know. And the thing I'm grappling with more and more nowadays is like, how do we bring the reality of what it is to the forefront and not this we talk about false it. idea. I mean, and right. That's why I'm like, that's why I feel like I and do And that's this. like why I talk on Facebook about like yeah. my reels, right. like the ugly, like I, I think the only way we really bring forward the truth about our industry and our industry is great. Like it is like, yeah, backstage is not like a shiny princess moment. No, it's no, it's like, great. It's, it's great. Yeah. But there are the truths have been missing. Yes. And so I think the way that we do it is by saying like, you can have a lot and still be depressed. Like you can be on Broadway and be wearing the most beautiful Bob Mackie costumes you've ever seen in your entire life. And Laduka, and there's Laduka, still Laduka's. And Laduka, Laduka's. And there's still probably going to be a cockroach. Like yeah. that is real. But we don't see that on TV. We don't see that on the internet. We don't see it. So if we can't see it, we have to talk about it. Yeah. And that comes down to people in positions of power being truthful and being vocal and being vulnerable and saying, yeah, it's not shiny, shiny. Mm. It can be there a moment. Listen, when I'm at the Tony's it's shiny, shiny. shiny, And like, she's wearing a cute dress and she gets her hair done and like it's pictures and all the things. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one day out of 365 days. Yeah. The other days I'm making spreadsheets and like dealing with people's emotional well being and like trying to navigate a lot of bullshit, you know? Um, so we got to talk about it because nobody was. No, and I and I don't I don't know if at twelve years old or even at twenty two when I was in college, like I was ready to hear that. Like no. I had tunnel vision, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of these kids, and it's not it's not a bad thing. It's just like there is this sense of unless this happens, then like I haven't made it, and that can be based on pressure from your parents. It can be based on pressure from your peers. It can be just based on pressure that you're putting on yourself. Yeah. But I think people limit them. They, they don't give themselves enough credit for being a creative person, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I understand that like musical theater is you, like you're deeply passionate about it because I am too. Like, oh me too. Don't I'm get me the wrong. Like, biggest I, nerd, right? Like, I I watch love, those London Heather's yes, videos on Instagram until three yes. in the morning. Like, I yes. <laughs> like that's what's in my Discover page. Yep. However, I also know that like 
that's not the only thing that's artistically fulfilling for me. Or even business fulfilling. Life fulfilling. Life fulfilling. Life fulfilling. It's just not. And, and that I have actually, the reason why I was so drawn to musical theater, I think, is because it is this like amalgamation of like all of the art forms. It's like mm-hmm. this perfect coming together of like everything. And it's the American dream. It is. No, but like it is. It's a truly American art form that yep. represents the fundamental nature of the American dream. And we all want the American dream. And this one is shiny with sequins and it sings. Yep. And it's not, it, 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 my creativity was not limited to just that. I was yeah. like, oh my God, actually there's the creative thing inside of me is not just this one thing. It actually can go in a thousand different directions. Yeah. And I know something that we started talking about probably like two years ago, um, was the idea that like when you figure out why it is that you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's musical theater or anything else, you realize that like the one road that you, that, that was in your head to quote unquote success, whatever that meant to you at the, at the time, yeah. you realize that there's like a thousand roads there. Oh, and then like this road had a mudslide and this road had an earthquake and like this road, there's a pterodactyl who's going to swoop down and eat you. And like <laughs> that road fell off that mountain. Yep. Like, Right. There's just so many different paths, and uh, I think it comes down to redefining what success means for yourself. You know, I th- and allowing it to change. Oh. I didn't know my job existed. I was like dealing with casting directors when I was little, but had no clue like really? what that thing was. I didn't. I didn't know. And so, how was I supposed to know it was something that I might be good at, or something that I might enjoy, or that might be fulfilling if I honestly didn't even know what that job was? Yeah. Like a huge part of why I try to be so vocal about like what the process is and I do my office hours and like try to answer questions is because nobody does. So it's this like mythical thing. Yeah. Man behind the curtain. That like it shouldn't be like, uh, it's not that deep. No. Like it's literally not that deep. Um, not to say it doesn't have a lot of power and responsibility. It does, but we, people are not going to do their most creative and, and beautiful and vulnerable work when they don't know what's happening in the game. Yeah. So like, I don't remember how we got there, but I think it's really important to allow, oh, I remember now, it's important to allow yourself to see what the other aspects are and, and find um, and be um, a, uh, someone who likes to discover and dig deep yeah. because then you find other things that like might fulfill you. And P.S., you're not a quitter. If you decide that there's something else inside of you that you want to explore, like you're not a quitter. No. Being an actor for that long, going to school for a theater, like it serves the work that I do. It's not like I'm a failure. Like I I'm holding my equity card, honey. Like she's got the resume. Like you know, you're what I mean? paying your bills I'm, in New York City. That's right. From an artistic business that you run. Right, and like I, I did the thing. I'm an equity member. I'm also a CSA member. Like I've done the things, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But all of that to say, just because I'm not being a performer doesn't mean that the work and the years and the passion don't serve the work that I do now, and it doesn't mean that the work I do now is going to be the end game for me either. Right. I know there's something else. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to grow out of this and into the next yeah. like layer of my self. Me too. It's going to be cool. Yeah. But and that's like, scary and that's scary and vulnerable, but it's you have to embrace that. I'm like, not scared. That's good. I'm not scared anymore. I'm like so done. I'm not scared. Good. Come at me. <laughs> come at You're me. You're ready for it. Oh, like come at me, bro. Like yeah. I I I'm not scared anymore. I I I'm not going to lie to you and say like, I don't care what other people think about me because that's bullshit. If anyone ever says that they're lying Mm -hmm. to you. Um, it's like ingrained in our DNA to care what other people think. Cause like, that's how we don't die. Um, but now I know how to defend 
my worth because I find myself worthy. Yeah. So is 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 it is it a um an overcoming or I guess maybe a lack of self doubt? Yeah, and I also act with intention now. Huh. I, How is that connected for you? Um for me when I say like come at me, it's because the things that I do now I'm very thoughtful about the way that I approach my work. I'm thoughtful about the way I approach my relationships. Mm -hmm. So if someone's got an opinion about it, I have a reasoning for why I've done the action that I've done. I think for a long time, I didn't know why I was doing things. I didn't understand. I felt so lost at sea that I would just like say and do and be the chameleon that everybody needed me to be because that's how I was going to make friends and get jobs and do the things. And so I couldn't defend my actions or or feel grounded in my actions because I didn't know what they were going to be from second to second. Now, like I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what I don't stand for. And I'll walk away. Like I will. Yeah. You'll say no. I'll say no. And, and because I know what my point of view is, I know what I stand for. And I feel empowered in this moment in time, my actions are like thought through. And so I'm like, come at me. You want to talk about it? We can talk about it. I'm also not scared of confrontation anymore. Huh. And because I, I used to call it a care confrontation, um, and I think that was kind of a cop out. Um, Interesting. I I was really obsessed with the term care confrontation for a long time. Like I am approaching this conversation that's difficult from a place of like care, and I still am. But like it can be a confrontation. Yeah. Like you're allowed to disagree with someone, and they're allowed to defend their stance, and you're allowed to like not come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually how most like great art is created. Yep. Um, and it's how the earth is created. When cold meets hot, that's how we make land, right? Ooh, yeah. So like, I- I'm just not scared of confrontation anymore. Like, let's talk about it. If I suck, tell me, man. Yeah. I can't get better if you don't tell me. I won't like hearing it. Like that's that's the real. Yeah. I don't like hearing. I was never the best actor I think I could have been because I suck at getting notes. <laughs> Took things personally. Yeah. And like I, an actor's job is to be the vessel for someone else's creative vision. Like that's the real, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to shape and mold and create as only you can that person's vision, Mm -hmm. but it's not your words. It's not your direction. No, you have to be willing to be the vessel. And I was never willing to be the vessel. I wanted to sail the ship and that caused me to not hear notes very well. I'm I'm trying to get better. And now you're sailing the ship. Yeah. But now I also listen to the wind. What does that mean? I let the wind dictate where my ship goes and I don't try to fight nature and people and I listen and I respond. Yeah. And you put out in the world what you want. Yeah. You can always be the captain of your ship, but you have to listen to the wind or right. you will sink. Yeah. Cause you can't fight it. No, you can't fight it. Um, so what do you believe in and what do you stand for? Um, I stand for the reality that people should be treated like human beings and that everybody is an individual and everybody has a right to their opinions, to their art, to their heart. Um, and everyone needs to be treated well. I believe in kindness. I believe in goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in listening to (laughs) what people have to say. Like, I just believe in listening. Um, but most importantly, like I believe if you have made a contract with someone, whatever that thing is, you stand by it. Um, you support people, you raise each other up, you do the best you can. You apologize when you're wrong. (laughs) Um, I believe in sharing and teaching and learning. I don't, I, I don't stand for 
people who are rude for the sake of being rude. I don't stand for people who don't honor their contracts. I don't stand for people who, um, who are not open to other. Um, and I just believe that we are all here to serve each other. I think you're right. I agree with you. <laughs> Thanks. There are so many different ways I feel like we could go with this. With with, with this, because um, <laughs> there's just so many things. You just you you have a ton of uh, you have a ton of experience. You know what I mean. You just have a ton of very a wide variety of experience. <laughs> a weird life. Yeah, but yeah. It, like, I mean, I do. But, yeah, but you know what? It's informed so much of like who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um. You were married recently. Yes. Well. Kind of. I had a wedding recently. Explain. Well, technically, sweet love of my life, Craig Shank. Yes. Um, he and I are domestic partners. We are not legally married, but we did have a wedding. Why was that? Why was that the decision for you? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I mean, sure. I I think that I. Oh my gosh, that's so personal. Um, but uh, sure, I think that marriage. And everyone's journey is their own. Mm -hmm. Marriage is really important to a lot of people, and Mm -hmm. especially for people who have not had the privilege. This is like the most privileged thing I'll get to say um, because I've always had the right to get married. Um, But for me, marriage is such an antiquated notion and is so rooted in this idea of selling a woman and her property to a man and that her entire worth was based in this idea of... um, her father and her body. Mm-hmm. And it like, it, it's just so ingrained in me that it didn't feel aligned with you. It didn't feel aligned with me. And, I, and my husband is just like, and I call him my husband. I mean, like I do, yeah. um, he and I are just of the idea that like every morning we choose to actively, like we actively choose to love each other. And if for some reason that doesn't work anymore, we have the opportunity to walk away without it being like a really messy, legal, gross thing. We get to like uncheck a box on the newyork.gov website and mm-hmm. like be free to to choose something else. And because of that, I think our partnership is really strong and um, communicative and like it works for us. Yeah, the question I was leading to was, you know, what has being in a committed relationship like that, What? how has that informed uh I don't know, you as a human being, like, you know what I mean? What has that taught you? As a- I was like wildly selfish for a very long time. Really? My- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and being with Craig, like I dated a lot. <laughs> I dated a lot, um, especially when I was in New York and I was young. Um, but I met Craig eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now. And like he fundamentally changed everything in my life. He taught me the beauty of patience and selflessness and the importance of communication. Um, he taught me that like lying is not okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, you are allowed to, um, speak another person's words on stage, but like you need to know what you stand for in real life, um, and speak your own words. Um, he's really empowered me to be a strong, person outside of our relationship, um, which I think is really incredible to have like a pillar who supports me, but also is like, get out there, like be your own person. Um, and I think, you know, to have someone who like knows your uglies, knows you inside and out, Mm -hmm. like sees the like weirdest, grossest version of you and still actively wants to like touch your face in the morning and say, I see you Mm -hmm. has taught me how to be a better person. 
Has it informed your work? Yeah. I mean, I think Craig has really, really, really taught me about patience, which I just had none of before I met him. And in my craft, in my job, patience, I think, is so key. Um, I have no control over what you do when you enter that room. That's true. I am so invested in artists' journeys, and yet I can't do anything other than open the door and say like, hey, what are you going to sing for us today? And then it's up to you entirely. And then you walk out of that door. And my investment in you as an artist, as a person, was reliant on what you just did. And I can't control it. So patience, man, because I want everybody to get everything. <laughs> yeah. And like they can't. And I also like don't make those decisions. So learning how to be patient with other people's choices and um, learning how to be patient with myself and forgiving with myself uh-huh. um, has been really key because like I, I never forgave myself in the past. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tough on yourself. I mean, that's a huge part of why I had to stop being a performer too. Yeah. I found another passion, but also like I'm so hyper analytical, which really serves my work now that I'm like on this path. Mm-hmm. But as a performer, if I didn't get something, man, it was like you were days unpacking. and days and yeah, days in yeah. that spiral of darkness. And I didn't know how to do it now. Like as a CD, I also side note, don't get jobs. Like I just was turned down for a huge job that I was really excited about. I did tons of research. I was like multiple meetings with the team and then I didn't get it. And you know what? Like, okay, cut print moving on. On to the next. Yeah. And like, I am a firm believer that the universe left that time open because something else is going to happen. I agree. And like, it already kind of has. So, you know, it, that would not have been the case. What did it take? Um, okay. So first of all, before I do that, uh, has that lesson of patience rolled over into your own career? Like, have you had to learn how to be patient with the, like, you know what I mean? There's this, I I think there's this interesting balance that I've sort of found with like, I used to be all about like hustle and grind and hustle and grind and hustle and grind and like, get it done, get it done, get it done. And now I'm like, you know what? You're still going to need to put in the work, but like, you don't get to determine the timeline. Like Mm. you, it's not up to you. Like Mm. you can keep working towards a goal or working towards a, a vision or like Again, like doing things that are aligned with you, but in terms of the timing of when things are going to happen, you don't have control. No. I mean, yes and no. For me, it looks a little different than that, in that I have given myself grace to let other people help me. That Ooh. is where patience has come in. Because for me, like I was saying before, like I, I want to be the captain of the ship. Yeah. I'm not rowing the ship, I'm not building the ship, yeah. I'm the captain of the ship. You can't sail a ship alone. And if you try, you die on the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And so patience for me has been allowing for the first time people to like really be my assistant or to really be my associate. And that means like letting go of seeing every detail and triple checking everything and like trusting that like if I pay this person and they are more than qualified, which everyone who's worked for me has been more than qualified – they can do the job yeah. and you've got to oversee and let someone else do some of the details. That has been a real practice in patience for me because I am not good. Getting um, in control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on it. Yeah. Every day. And like this year I have seen, I will like give myself kudos. I have seen true leaps and bounds in my ability to trust other, to help with my creative vision. A pat on the back <laughs> for you. We're proud of you for Thanks, that. Thanks friend. Um, this is something you just you had said you know a couple minutes ago you you know 
the choice to be done performing, the choice to leave that path or to stray from that path, mm-hmm. at least from what you said, like was a lot about the fact that you were so self-critical and so, you know, and you're, you're an overanalyzer like me. Yeah. Um, I also like took a break and did something entirely different with my life and that informed that right. decision. Okay. So that was my next question is like, how did that decision come about? And like, wh- what kind of listening did it take? in order for you to get to a place where you were like, okay, I can step away to just try something else. Because a lot of people, they stay in it because I don't feel like they're like, they're hearing or like paying attention to how they're physically feeling and like what's going on in their mind and their body. Oh, I mean like the hardest part of it all is like I left New York and went back to school and studied anthropology, um, sexual anthropology and folklore. And then like went and worked for National Geographic and came back to New York and still for a hot second thought like, oh no, but I could, I could do this. I could be an actor. Like I had been away from it for like two years at that point. And I was like, no, I could still do this. And I literally went to the equity building before the renovation Mm -hmm. um, and like stood in it and had a full panic attack. Like didn't even sign up for something like just walking in the building and went to, I've never told this story outside of like my friends. So, okay. Uh, and like walked into Times Square and literally called Craig and was like, I'm having a panic attack. I can't do it. And we went and we went to the natural history museum and laid under the whale. And like, I had a real talk with myself and was like, okay, so this isn't it. Like if you can't even walk into the building, Mm -hmm. your body is actively telling you to fucking run, run, run from this thing that makes you feel small. Um, and I realized that I had been studying for two years, the history of how civilizations are crafted and the stories that we tell. And that's casting. Like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Crafting societies, understanding the different perspectives of what makes those communities whole Mm -hmm. and how the stories that they tell reinforce the ideology of those societies. So I was like, okay, how do I mix my like desire to just sing wicked all the time (laughs) and like, and like this anthropological brain. Um, and it became really obvious. And so I sent an email to like literally every single casting office I'd ever experienced in my entire personhood and said like, can I make the coffee? One office got back to me and I was an assistant there like two weeks later. And that's how we met. That's how we met was because of that. office. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, and because of a lame is EPA. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You weren't even supposed to be in that audition. I wasn't audition. even supposed to be in that audition. <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to be in that audition. Yeah, you You're showed totally up for right. something else. You're totally right. I know. The universe. Because the C train broke and we needed to put bodies in the room. The universe, man. I'm grateful. Um, what was I about? Oh, why did you, why did you go back to school to study anthropology and folklore? <laughs> like where the fuck did that come from? I, I didn't I didn't know I did not know that like yeah um because well like long story short I was working on a project with a lot of research um I had already I'd gotten into Indiana when I applied to colleges the first time okay um and I had reached out about doing some like work with the Kinsey Institute wait for musical theater you had gotten in no no, I apply. Yeah, well, was they didn't have a BFA at that pro, at that Got point. It. Okay, okay. She's old. I, <laughs> they didn't have a BFA. They had a like a BA in theater arts. Yeah. So you didn't even have to audition. Yeah. It was just like an apply. I applied to the school and mm-hmm. got in. Um, she old. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I was like in their system. Long story short, I was doing work 
I was doing research in my own like world on gay men and straight women and how their relationships are like changing how we view American marriage and relationships. Um, and was working with the Kinsey Institute, like call, there's a whole story. There's a whole story. We don't have to go into the whole thing. But anyways, I realized like I needed to do this. I needed to go back. I needed to leave New York City. Okay. I needed to explore. I needed to prove to myself that I was smart. There it is. That I had the ability to really, I mean, like I went to a really, really strong academic high school and I did well, but I focused so much of my attention on theater Mm -hmm. and it was my whole life that I, I don't ever think I really felt like I lived up to my academic potential. And I knew if I was going to go back to school, I was going to do it fucking right. And I was going to invest. And I did like, I graduated with a 3.9 GPA and like did it, did the damn thing. Um, and I felt really good doing it. And I've always been a writer. I've always been someone who's fascinated with humanity and why we are the way we are. Um, and so it just seemed like a really smart decision. And like, I was sitting alone in my apartment eating Indian food every day, wondering what I was going to do. And I had like written, I was one of those people who wrote like a blank check on the wall and I put it on the cover of a playbill and put it in an empty frame in my apartment. Like literally I had a playbill and a check with my name on it Uh in an empty frame Uh in my apartment. And I looked at it every day and I wasn't doing anything to get it. And so I thought, okay, well, you need to make a big change if you want to get it. And my name has been in a playbill mm-hmm. and I am making real people money. Yes, you are. And my frames are full. How does that feel? Fucking great, man. Yeah. Am I still sad a lot? Yeah. <laughs> like, do I still but that's, want- You're a human being. Am I satisfied? No. Do I want more? Sure. Do I want to be Oprah Winfrey? A hundred percent. Like, yes. Do I want to reach a bigger audience and change more lives? Yeah. A hundred. Like, and I'm doing it. I will do it. There are new goals. Um, But have I, do I feel good about it? Yeah, man. I got up and I changed my, I I changed my world because I realized my habits were making me not do anything. Your habits. Mm Mm-hmm. Talk to me about habits. I think habits are (laughs) the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think habits can serve us, but most of the time habits in impair us and keep us from our potential. So like I was taking acting classes, but I was making safe choices in acting classes when I was in New York. I was going to auditions, but only for things that I had been asked to be there. Never something where I showed up and said, I deserve this yeah, or I'm going to fight for this. I like would sit in my apartment and not go out with friends or I would go out till four in the morning, like clubbing and be destructive. Yep. These are habits that I got into a routine of and they were not serving my purpose because I just didn't know what my purpose was. Uh-huh. So I was filling time with habits. And so I needed to break the chain. I needed to break the wheel in order to reinvent. And so you were like, I'm just going to I bought a one-way ticket to here. Indiana, honey. Yeah, yeah. Getting, that's uh, <laughs> Bloomington. Far, far away And I met from... my husband. Isn't that He crazy? was there. He was college roommates with the one person I knew in Indiana who I went to theater camp with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cherubs. Oh my, that's right. That's right. Northwestern. Yeah. I totally forgot about that too. Yeah. I, I, your story is so fascinating and I, <laughs> and I, I, it is. And I, and I like, I, I, I hope that cause you said earlier that you, you work with a lot of young people Yeah. and I, and I just hope that when people hear the guidance that you give and 
the the stories that you can tell like they they take them to heart and understand that like this pat this like life i should say is so non-linear and like there is no i'm i'm i always i love the line does anybody have a map because like that's how i feel almost constantly where i'm like just someone tell me like what it is that i need to do and i'll just do it even though i know deep down that like there is no there is no map like there is no trajectory there is no one way to achieve and also that it's even it goes even deeper because based on whose idea of success right you know what i mean based on whose whose goals and achievements and attainments like am i tr- you know what i mean who am i trying to replicate success is 100% a social construct wow it's a social construct. Yeah. Success genuinely is like, did you survive the day? Did you breathe today? Did your heart continue beating? Success. You win. Like everything else is a social construct. Yeah. It's something that someone paid to tell you you were supposed to do. Ah. Uh, it's something that you read in a magazine. It's something that when you were a kid, someone told you this should be the dream and then you stuck to it because it was reinforced through video content and which mm-hmm. is all good. Like yeah. all of it is good, but I think paths make us lazy paths mean that we don't have to bring a machete and you can't get bloody or change the world without a machete. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to say, I choose the jungle instead of I choose the path. Right. And you know, you have, you, you, on the back end, right. Mm -hmm. So let's like, you know, where you are now, Sure. you would never have gotten to where you are if you had stuck to someone else's plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, there's no way to get (laughs) to the root of who you are Mm. and what you're capable of. Yeah. And finding the things that you do truly align with and want to spend your time and your days, you know, doing without, you know, cut like, for lack of a better pun, whatever metaphor, like chopping down some trees and like forging your own path. Yeah. I mean, like, it's more rewarding, I feel. Yeah. Like, I, if I had done the like path thing, I, I have a pretty clear vision of where I would be. And I think for a lot of people, it might look very successful. Like I, I am pretty positive that if I had had the same kind of chutzpah and like drive and hustle that I have now coupled with a traditional path that, um, would have led that I was on, man, like I, I was doing the thing. I was in the BFA program and then I left, you know what I mean? Like I veered hard, hard, hard turn (laughs) out of the path. Um, and I think, you know, maybe I know what my life would look like if, um, I had stuck to it, but man, like this path is mine and there are not a lot of other people who can look at my journey and say like, Oh yeah, no, that's my journey too. Like really very few. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am so happy with that because that's harder (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think people would look at what you've done and would say that you're successful. Thank you. But again, like I honor that for me, I have a, I have made I have achieved things, but it is not where I want to be or where yeah. I want to go. And so like I'm done with I'm done with success. Yeah. It's it's you know, you win that Tony, someone else wins it next year. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like you, you book the show, you will have a replacement. Yep. 
if the show runs. Yeah. And that's like the great metaphor for like any industry too. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you're doing. You know, there's always someone who will come up and do it better and be more and, and take what you've done and continue to make it richer and more full. So you better be on the next thing, honey. Right. And you better be reinventing the next thing. Yeah. I, when people tell me that they're like, oh my God, but like you are like doing the thing. Like you, what is the thing? I'm like, that's what I'm like. What is the thing? So like (laughs) you, and I'm like, I don't understand. I I don't know. Maybe it's like a lack of giving myself credit, but like it's, it's, I don't feel, I don't feel like I've even come close to like what I'm capable of achieving. So then let's shift the narrative Great. rather than reaching for success. Let's reach for potential mm-hmm. and like be on a quest to continue to explore our potential. Yeah. Because that is much more about our own self and not what society is telling us that is. Yeah. So I'm guessing the question then becomes like, how do you know what, where, like where to lean, you know, like how do you know at what potential, you know, cause I know you can't My necessarily. Friend, yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You just got to try, yeah. man. You got to like, throw shit at the wall. Well, like the, the life is like one big fucking trust fall, man. Like you don't know. Yeah. You just have to try. I I don't know. I've tried everything. I come from a family of triers. Mm-hmm. I come from a family of doers and entrepreneurs. And like, sometimes it's awesome. And sometimes it sucks. And sometimes it hits like a crazy. And sometimes, you know, I made like, if you go on the internet and you search for Kate Lumpkin, like I made a YouTube series. Like, oh girl. No, but like yeah. 10 years ago. Yep. I had called, That is Tumblers. good news. Oh my right? God. Like, and like I was doing a daily news show from my apartment, like, like all of these things that now people make millions of dollars on. Like I was trying to do it a long time ago and I just like didn't commit and didn't whatever. It's all there. It's all the, the receipts you can find yeah, them. They're, they're you know what I mean? Like, yeah. unfortunately, but that's okay. Like yeah. you lean in, you try it. It didn't, it's not the thing. It's not fulfilling you. It's not whatever. And we move to the next thing. Cause like, there's no knowing. There's no knowing. No. Willy Wonka knew. Raul Dahl knew. There's no knowing which way we're going. Like. You better. <laughs> that's all. I, it's, yeah, it's, it's just so. Yeah. I don't know. A huge piece of it for me has also been like filling my life with people that are aligned with me on the quest. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, we talked about habits. Mm -hmm. We talked about potential. Mm -hmm. It's the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, if we're on a quest for potential in Mm -hmm. 2019, Mm -hmm. is there something that immediately springs to your gut that, you know, you're not doing. Yeah. What oh is my it? God. Like I am, I'm reading an amazing book. Yeah. Habit change right now. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. Called cool. Atomic Habits. Great. And, weird. And I am, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I am, I like have a game plan in place. Like I know that like come January one, like, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions and all that stuff. No. But like I said, three months plan, like hmm. I, the things I'm trying to actively implement or will be trying to actively implement Mm. first and foremost is a morning routine. Yeah. Is that I know that most quote unquote successful people or high achievers, people that fulfill their potential on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. they set themselves up for success in the morning. Yes. And 
That means waking up earlier. That means meditating in the morning. Um, and that means I, I, I don't even know what it will look like yet, sure. but it's going to take some trying of different things. Like mm-hmm. right now, the way that I, I do it is I like wake up and I meditate and then I try to read for like 15 or 20 minutes and mm-hmm. then I try to write for like 20 minutes or like three pages. Sure. Um, and those have been great. I, I actually really love the reading in the morning. It's been really awesome. I'm like really engaged and really active in it. Yeah. Um, but just trying to find out, find things to incorporate into my morning routine mm-hmm. that will get me set up for the day. There's a planner that I'm planning on buying that's like also there's a morning routine and there's also like a work startup routine. Mm. So it's like things you do like to begin your work day. Like, yeah. What are the first things? So trying to find those things for me yeah. um, has been is, is where I'm at right now. And like, I'm like really fucking amped. Like I'm really excited yeah. because I know, I think it's cause I know the potential, right? It's yeah. cause like I can see it. I'm like, Oh my God, if I just like, if, and it's not in anyone else's control, mm-hmm. it's all on me. So it's like, if I can fucking get my shit together mm-hmm. and like give myself that structure in the morning, I really think that like I can really execute and like just, nail the day and go to bed and feel proud. Cause like, that's ultimately what I'm going for. Yep. This is the, my new thing that I've been like preaching and trying to say is that like, all I want is to wake up in the morning and feel excited about whatever it is that I'm doing mm-hmm. and who I'm going to go do it with. And I know that not every day is going to be that way, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm sure. That's, that's what, what I'm reaching for. for yeah. And I want to go to bed every day and feel proud of the work that I've done. And that, and I want to be, ti- I want to be tired. I want to be like that good, like, full, like, like just like glowing tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm, that's, and that's what I'm going for. Great. Like I don't, there's yeah. Like there's no external motivators. There's no, like, it's literally just like, how do I get, I want to build a life for myself that like, we're talking about that baseline where I'm like, I just want to give myself baseline so that I can, then like attack whatever it is that I'm needing to attack. And I'm finding that by having clarity on those things, mm-hmm. it's making the things that are in, that are uh, not so clear in my life, the places that are foggy, yeah. um, even more obvious. So like, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so strongly about this thing and this thing I can clear, I feel that like, I don't feel so, this something is weird about this. Yeah. Like this isn't aligning with me in some way. Yeah. Um, which has been really amazing because Again, like it's just giving me more clarity moving into the next year to be like, great, these are the things I want to spend my time on, and these are the things that I don't. Yeah. And learning to say no, um, something you spoke about earlier, like knowing my self worth is something that's really brand new to me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm working on saying no in the new year, but I'm working on, I spent this year learning how to say no to interpersonal things I didn't want to do, hmm. not feeling like I had to show up to every single show, not feeling like I had to go to every single thing, which I used to do. Yeah. Next year, I'm working on saying no professionally. Hard. 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 Especially because we need, I mean, a lot of times it's like, I need the money. I need yeah. the money in order to live. But knowing mm-hmm. that like, I'm worth more Right. This. And like knowing what my goals are, right? Knowing not necessarily goals, but knowing what my potential is. Yeah. I want to write a book. Right. I need to write this book. And if I keep saying yes to every single thing, that continues mm-hmm. to not, I will not reach the full potential of what that could be. Yeah. Right. Um, so I have to learn to say no. And that is going it's to hard. be hard. It's <laughs> hard. And, you know, it's like I have, I, 
especially in the freelance life. I mean, you get this for sure. Yes, I do. Like, you know, it's saying yes to, uh, in the beginning, you kind of have to say yes to the like $150, $200 jobs because you're just yep. like, I'll take whatever I can get to get the experience. But at, a, at some point, you have to be the person to say, no, this is my rate. This is what I'm, this is what I do. And if it's, and if that doesn't work for you, either we can figure out some sort of balance or I can recommend to you people that I know that are great or are working on with their stuff mm-hmm. and we'll do it for that price. But like, that's just not yeah. I, because this is my job now. Like and my craft, this is my craft. Like this yeah. is what I do. This I'm a is, craftsman. Right. And owning that so hard, so hard, so hard, but but we're going to do it. And I'm, and I, and I will say like, I will give myself credit like past three, four months, like truly been a huge shift for me Good. in, in, in owning that craftsmanship and being like, no, like I, this is what I do. And again, like finding the clarity of like, oh no, this is this contrast, right? This is not for me. This is for me. Yeah. Doing a thing and, and going, realizing no. that the other people offering you those things they don't care. No, no, they, it's like, and this is the thing I, I just want to like, if I leave anybody with anything, you are in charge as an artist and as an actor Mm -hmm. of what you say yes and no to. And I think so many people who come to me say, I have no control, right? I have no control. I've got to say yes. I've got to do this thing. The reality is you do have control when it comes to what you say yes and no to. And the people who are making those offers to you, unless it's like your best friend, they don't care. They are invested in you. They are invested in the product and, and what you can bring to the thing. But if you got to take care of you, then you got to take care of you. And that's first. It's first. And so like, I'm, I will always be sad if someone says yeah. no to a show, especially if they showed up. But like, I honor that like, okay, that means we need to make space for somebody else and you got to be on your own journey. And it's not personal. It's professional. So powerful. It's, it's hard though. Um, well, something that's been really helpful for me mm-hmm. um, in in what in what you're just speaking to is something that a piece of advice that actually you gave Brittany, and I'm sure you've given me at some point in my life. But <laughs> and I'm sure you've given a lot of people. But I don't know this idea of three things really has it's been my favorite idea. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's some it's powerful, and I I don't know. I don't. I'm a person that like I'm working on 25 things at once. Like Mm-mm. that is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just am, I, I have tons of ideas and, and just lots of things on the fringes, you know, uh, 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 that I'm working on. And when Brittany and I had that conversation and like, I really sat down and like, listen back, I was like, Oh my God, that is the advice that I need right now. Like that's exactly what I need to do is like, just focus my attention and energy on three specific things. The other things are all great. And like, I can continue to like, play and toy with those. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like what I'm, where I'm really spending my energy and really putting effort and thought and like really just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can, I, I have to pick three specific things. They, they can change, they can move, they can alter, they can shift, but at least, and again, like this, what I was saying, the three month thing, I'm like, I just, for three months, I'm like, these are the three things that I'm going to focus energy on because I will come out of those three months with more than I walked in with. There's a reason we only give a gold, silver, and a bronze. It's all we can figure out huh. how to take in and to award. Interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Beyond that, it's too much. Yeah. We can't process it. We can't assess it. We can't grade it. We can't give it a medal. Like It's too much. It's too much. So you have to pick in your life, what is the gold, what is the silver, what is the bronze, and invest. 
uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, I mean, it truly has been a, it's totally been a game changer for me. You can do anything for three minutes. You can do anything for three days. You can do anything for three months. So focus on those things. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely given me direction moving into the new year. Like I am, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I'm yeah. like, I'm excited about the things that I'm working on because I'm like, and it took, it took me sitting down and like, I'll be vulnerable and honest with you. So I, when I graduated from college, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to move to Chicago. Yep. To be a singer songwriter. Yep. To be Jason Mraz. Like that's what I was going to do. I had, I had, I had swallowed, I had figured out, I was like, you know what? The musical theater thing, it's not really for me. Nope. Maybe I could do some performing in Chicago with, you know, small theaters there. Like I'll audition a little bit, but like primarily what I want to focus my energy on is like really building this singer songwriter thing up. And I showcased and I got an agent. Yeah. And I moved to the city and very quickly, whatever work that I had done to get to that place where I felt like comfortable in like knowing that I wasn't going to pursue that, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't, I, I'm telling you, like I didn't realize this until to, in the last two months. Okay, so all of that work I had done somehow disappeared, hmm. and all of my energy and attention was focused on booking jobs, pleasing my agents, mm-hmm. and everything was just like for everything was like pointing in this one direction. I had complete like I, my whole um, my compass like just had completely shifted. Hmm. And even the video content I was making, it was all for the goal of like getting seen by people in the theater community. Yeah. And I, I would, I, I'll say that I like, I achieved that. Like it's, yeah. I, you know yeah, what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm a, a part of it and in and around it. And like, yeah. I, and I'm lucky that the red carpet thing keeps me sort of just like one foot in, which is amazing. Yeah. But all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I had a conversation um, with a group of people and, and they were like, what is love to you? And I was like, love is music. That was mm. the first thing that I said. And I was like, nothing feels like that to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's just nothing that I, I've experienced that feels as out of body as music does to me. Mm-hmm. Performing, going to concerts, like truly across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I get chills talking about it. And I, I was like, okay, like that's my, that is, my soul is speaking. Yes, like it is telling me where I need to like refocus and it's like, great, just begin moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Just set yourself up with things and I, I, more than anything, like give yourself the time in your life to like actually go into this thing yeah, and see, see, and just see what happens because granted I could go in and, and six months in or two years in and be like, oh my God fuck this. Like, sure. I don't want to do this. No, no way, no shot. But nothing has, I just haven't listened to myself in that way since moving to the city. It's really interesting that you said your compass got off. I feel like so many people say success is like this magnet. Like I'm drawn to it. Hmm. I think success is like a magnet, but it's the magnet that veers you off of your compass. Hmm. Because you had a taste, right? Like you were told in college that if you got an agent from your showcase, that was, that was the, like the thing you were supposed to get from the showcase, right? Like you were supposed to show off, like show your gifts, Mm -hmm. 
have someone validate that your gift was right, whatever that means, put you on their roster, and then you needed to prove to them that they made the right choice by doing the thing, and the goal was very shiny, shiny, and it felt attainable because you were in the right city doing the quote-unquote right things, blah, 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 blah. The the success, the like headline on Broadway.com, the thing, Mm -hmm. just went and it sucked your, the magnet of it just sucked your compass in a different direction. And so... I think now that you are, like know that about yourself and you know what you want to do, you know that the music, the singer-songwriter aspect of it is where you want your passion to be. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you something. Smash the compass, man. Don't give yourself something that sets you up for failure. Right. Don't give yourself a fickle instrument. What's and that's thing? what I'm a like, compass I'm is. Like, I'm like, you know what? There's no, there's, there's no end game. I'm like, no. there's no end game. For Let it here. spin, baby. Right. I'm like, there is just no, um, there, there's, there's no, I, 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 I can't see the finish line because I don't, cause I only, I'm like, as long as I keep living up to my potential and mm-hmm. keep showing up yeah. and keep doing the thing that makes me feel good and feels true and is of service to other people, yep. then like the, the chips will fall where they may. Yes. But my job is to show up for myself. Always. And set myself up for success, like I said, in the morning and like make sure that like my human being, my spirit, my body, my soul, my mind is like all at the best it can possibly be. Yes. And then show up for the work. Mm-hmm. And then like release. Let it be. Right. Yeah. And I, that doesn't mean that I don't have like, um, that I don't visualize. Like I still, that's part of my meditation thing is I visualize the things that I like, yes. things that I want to happen in my life, but it doesn't. I don't feel this like sense of like, unless I do this, unless I get to this level, then I'm not, you know what I mean? That I'm not quote unquote successful. Right. It's a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit. It's an important tool that gives us the drive to express ourselves, but it cannot be everything. No, I mean. It can't be everything. It's It's destructive. destructive. It's destructive when it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the thing I was saying earlier was like, I, I think a big part of the reason why I said, that's the big part of the reason why I've, I've, I feel so, I feel, I think I feel so much clarity is because of the people that I've surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same probably true for you. Yeah. Um, 100%. And because like you said, you are somebody that like is very good at forming communities and creating families. Like that is what you do. Most, I try. Can you speak to, um, I don't necessarily want to know uh, how, may- maybe there's some practical tips that you can give, but more mm-hmm. than anything, like why you feel that like establishing that is, is important. Establishing community. Yeah. Cause I think you've an, you've an, a really amazing community, a group of like groups of fr- people that you connect with. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Um, well, I mean like this is literally what I studied. So for me from an anthropological perspective, like you cannot exist without community. Like you literally cannot create a society, create a functioning experience of a life as a, as an individual. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. You get eaten by a bear. You can't get the crops to happen. You know, you get an infection and there's no one to take care of you. Like you cannot function as an individual without other. So, I mean, it, that alone to me, 
says we have to invest in other and we have to be vulnerable and express what we need. And so I'm really lucky. The people that have come into my life and I've had a lot, like some of my friends in New York, I've had for 12 years, like I've had them for a long time. Um, they are still around. They have stuck around because I think I say like, Hey, this is the thing that you help me. This is, this is the thing that only you can provide for my soul. Like that only you can provide for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the thing that I can provide for you. And like, let's continue to fill each other's cups. Um, and you know, I think the only way to really craft a, a community is to express what you desire to share fully and to give as much as you get, you know? Um, Say those again. Those are so good. Oh my gosh. What did I just say? Um, To express your desires, to uh, give as much as you get and to be vulnerable with something fully, something expresses fully or something like that. We'll play it back. It'll be great. But I mean, you have, you have to being an artist and having an artist brain is the most incredible gift, but it is also truly the loneliest um, and most isolating thing because you see the world in colors nobody else sees. You see the world um, in patterns and and shapes and identities that nobody else has crafted yet. So if you don't have somebody there to listen and pick up the pieces of the like brokenness, you're going to, it's going to be real, really tricky. So I think, you know, it took a long time for me to find like the truest version of myself. Um, and once I found the things that make me that I was really, really, really able to say like, Hey, this is me. This is what I can give you. This is what you can give me. Let's invest. Like let's choose to invest in each other because when we make that choice and we don't let go, we can all rise together. Yeah. Rise and tide lifts all boats. Yep. I really all about be- the boat metaphors today. All about the boat metaphors. But I really believe that's true. Oh, me too. I've, I have seen it in practice. Me too. I have seen it in practice. Me too. And experience it every day. And I think what's so cool and something that I talk to a lot of people about is like, you know, I think part of the reason why I, I feel, I don't feel as insecure as I felt when I moved to the city is because mm. the community of people that I have uh, built around me, the, the people that I feel the most connected to, we're all at this, like the, we're only at the beginning of our careers. Sure. And so it's very exciting for me to think about two, five, 10, 15, 25 years from now, Mm -hmm. where we're all going to be and how we all will be lift. We all will have lifted each other up in ways that we don't even, we can't even fathom. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's very, it's our time. Breathe it in. Like we're there, man. We are standing on that rooftop. Yeah. I really feel that way. Like Me too. I really I really deeply feel that way. Me too. Um something that you said at the beginning but can of this- I tell you a secret? Yes, fast? please. I love a secret. I don't care what you do. I love you for who you are. Oh, and that yes. is why I feel confident about the people in my life. They don't care if I'm working at a Claire selling earrings, if I am, you know No, it's not about that. They don't care if I'm making coffee. They, I've done all the jobs, man. <laughs> yeah. Like Sweet Marissa Rosen, one of my best friends in the whole world. She has known me as the chocolate shop seller at Saxeth Avenue. She has known me as a national tour actor. She has known me, like she has known all the iterations of Kate Lumpkin, honey. Yeah. And she is still here because she doesn't care. No, it's about who you are. It's about who you are. And like, I love who you are. So I don't care what you do, man. How do you find who you are? Work. <laughs> it's a job. It's a full-time job. 
And it comes from experiencing things fully and um, analyzing the things that you've experienced. And it's seeing yourself in other people's eyes and it's allowing yourself to be alone. And Mm -hmm. it is um, taking road trips and spending time with your family and eating things like nachos. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's, it's just the work of being alive. Yeah. That's how you find yourself. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's the secret. You know, that's what I mean. Like that is the secret. Yeah, I know. The secret is there is nothing to do, but experience the blip of time you have been given on this planet Mm -hmm. and you will not be here one day. Yes. And legacy is important, but it is not everything. No. And the only way you can deal with this cerebral goop in your head is to just like experience tangible things outside of the goop. And you gotta. You have to, man. You have to. And you need to figure out the things that you that align with you and the things that don't. Yeah. You know, from but that's from experiencing. But that comes from experiencing. Right, right, like, right. Like you've got to live it up. I you know, people ask all the time, it's like, do you have regrets? I'm not the person who says, no, I have no regrets. I have lots of regrets, but I lived, man. Like, yeah. I'm glad that I can look back and pinpoint these specific moments where I made a choice. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I think, that was an interesting choice that I kind <laughs> of wish I hadn't made. Um, but man, I made it and I made a strong choice. Strong and wrong. That's the strong, way. We- strong and wrong, but like strong and right sometimes. Strong and man. right sometimes. And like strong and long sometimes, man. Like, yeah. but no one can ever say that I didn't make a damn choice. Because you did. Oh, I do all the time. Yeah, there's nothing worse than like indecision. Come on, I mean? get over it. Make a choice. Yeah. Cut, print, moving, moving on. on. Um, something you said in the beginning. Thank you, next. Um, oh, that's all <laughs> I really wanted. Something you said in the beginning was that you, uh, I, I'm, I'm just see if I can remember this, but we were talking about where where you're at and you go, oh, you said like, I can look at the past year and I'm like really proud of the things that I've accomplished sure. and the boxes I've checked off, but I'm still not. Full. So? What are you going to do about that? Like, what, what's 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 the what's the future? At least in the next three months, it's practicing the saying no to things. Okay, great. Um, I'm hopefully tomorrow is my last day of session for the year, and when that happens, I am putting up an away message that yeah. is like, "Kate Lumpkin Casting is closed." <laughs> Bye. Yeah, done. Um, and I'm really, really actively going to try to like not respond to emails over the next three weeks, unless it is like of utmost importance. Um, you know, I, over the next year, next three months, I want to use my body, not just in like going to the gym, but in a really creative way. I miss telling stories that are not my own. Really? Yeah. And I'm not saying I need to like be in a play. No, I understand. I don't actually want to be in a play. Yeah. Do you know, like I don't have that desire. Yeah. I want to write it. I want to, um, roll around on the floor. I miss that feeling. Mm -hmm. I want to, um, tell a story like at the moth. I want to, um, allow myself. I think there's this like myth that when you become 
a casting director or someone like that, you're like not allowed to express that piece of yourself anymore. What the fuck is that? But it's like a real thing. And I think it's real for a reason because like if I were to sit in that room and be watching someone act and think like, oh God, I wish that was me. That's not healthy. A, it's not the job. It's not a healthy way to do that job. And it's not fair to any performer because then I'm looking at it in a tainted lens. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like I have literally zero desire to do that. What I have a desire to do, though, is like move my body and feel every muscle telling a story in that moment. I do like talking um, publicly about things. I don't want to do it in the way that you do it. You know what I mean? Like, I genuinely don't. But I'm not going to sit here anymore and pretend that that piece of myself is gone. It's not. Does teaching get to serve that? No, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Like I am allowed to want to to talk publicly. Mm-hmm. I am allowed to want to write and rent a room in Pearl and roll around to some music if I want to. Yes, you are. In a private way. You know yes, what I mean? Like yes. I am allowed to feel these things that fuel me mm-hmm. instead of just dampering them and pushing them down because I'm not quote unquote supposed to do that because I do this thing now. And I've done that now for like three years. Yeah four years and like I'm sick of hiding the fact that like my personhood is is solidified by crafting and telling stories how I want to tell them and I don't want to tell them in the way that I help others tell them as a casting director but like I am allowed to want to write yes I'm allowed to um want to like feel things. Yeah. And so I think that's my goal for 2019 is to no longer, um, stop. No one else is stopping me. Like literally, know, crazy? literally, if I wanted to go to the moth and like get up there and tell a story, no one'd be like, um, Kate Lumpkin, you can't be a casting director anymore because like you got up and told a personal story to people. Like, no one's going to no, do that. But like, no. I have told myself that like hard pass, hard line, can't do it. Not allowed. You can't call yourself a CD. If you want to like roll around on the floor to some music, like not I did it for 22 years yep. and then I just shut it down. You know, that's destructive to my health. Oh, it so, is. So in 2019, um, I fully intend to allow some of the like creative personhood of myself to come back and express itself in a real tangible way. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be healthy because like I have not done that. Like, have you ever heard me sing? No. That's sad. Never, not once. Like, not even just like in a house, like nope. by myself. Like, nope. that's my husband has never seen me perform publicly, and I don't mean like perform. He saw me once uh, sing at like a karaoke experience. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but again, like I'm not saying I want to be in a Broadway show, but like, yeah. he's never even seen me on a stage, like talk, like talk. Yeah that's a huge piece of my personhood that he's never experienced Mm -hmm. as my partner. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. I'm not showing him my most like magical self. Yeah. So I'm done with that. Do you feel, um, do you feel like, and everyone else can go fuck themselves. That's yes, they can. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like social media has, uh, given you a, like, do you feel like that's a creative outlet for you? Yeah, for sure. That's why I do it. Okay. A hundred percent. That's why. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I love my Instagram because it lets me play with color and fashion and light and text and, um, you know, travel. It encapsulates all of these like things about my life that I really love Mm -hmm. 
making and sharing and it gives me an opportunity to share them in a way that I'm quote unquote allowed to do, which I've given myself that permission, right? Um, You know, as a writer, that's what my Facebook is. All of those statuses, it's my writing. Like this is what I write. Um, And it's a really easy way for me to share it with people who I think are responding to it. They do. Um, Thank you. But like social media has given me this like quote unquote okay platform to share of Kate Lumpkin. And like- I'm done with that being the only way. Like I'm allowed to also be a person who shares of myself. Yes. And that doesn't mean I can't be good at my job too. Yeah. Do you ever feel anxious about the, about social? Anxious about social? Yeah. Does it ever give you anxiety? Um, not in the way, the same way I've heard you talk about it. <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. Um, I think sometimes I really want to like go in. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I want to write something kind of, from a really negative place. And I know that though that is a really big part of me, it doesn't serve anybody but me. And Uh so I have to like censor myself in that moment. Yes. That's your ego. That's my ego wanting to be like, right. And like that literally only makes me feel good for like 10 seconds. And then I'm like, why, why? So I don't do it. I like censor that. And sometimes that gives me anxiety. Like, am I not showing my full truest self? And I'm like, no, actually you're doing, that's the right thing. (laughs) Like that's the right, but like, no, I don't, I don't sit and worry about the picture like you do for like 30 minutes. Like, is yeah. this gonna- well, not anymore. I don't do that anymore. Cause now I, I've, I've worked to not do that. that anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've like, I've never felt that. Good. I think, um, I'm not going to lie to you and say like, I don't like likes. Of course we like likes. Yeah. Like that's how social media has become what it is. We yeah. like likes, but I'm also the kind of person who gives compliments to everybody all the time. Like, so I feel like I'm putting my genuine likes into the world too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've just like always found social as like a really, I hate trolls and I have people who are mean to me, Really, but I have just learned to love the delete button. Like, I just love it. I'm like, delete, goodbye, unfriend, big, big unfollow. Fan of, big fan of the mute. Like, big, big fan, fan. Of Like, And mute. I just, I used to think like, oh, is that lazy? You know, like let people see it. And I'm like, I, no, I don't need to see it. Delete. You are gone from my life. Goodbye. Delete. Unfriend, unfollow. Bye. I don't have time. I just don't care. I don't have time. Right. Like, I just, I don't. So my anxiety about it has kind of gone away. I do think um, I spend too much time on it, but at the same time, so much of my business and my joy comes from the connectivity. I know. Between it. So then I'm like, it's fine. (laughs) Like, you are allowed to enjoy this thing. You are allowed. um, You need to give your eyes a break for the safety of your face. Yeah, right. Um, But like... (laughs) Like you're allowed to um, use this as a way of expressing. And because I think I have repressed a huge piece of my creativity, I have um, really dug into that. And so I spend so much time yeah. on it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's- So for I, me, I think it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say is that it's it's become this sort of healthy thing for you, which is really quite remarkable. And Yeah, and that's not the truth for everybody. But I think no. for me, since I have put myself in this kind of self-inflicted prison of- non-creativity it has given me a safe space to share yeah. my point of view yeah and and you're not someone that and maybe you correct me if i'm wrong but like like we talk, we spoke about this earlier but like you're not somebody that strikes me as like having overwhelming self-doubt that's a lie really I mean, I have worked really hard to find my sense of purpose and self-worth and like i said earlier like come at me um but oh my god like like it's crippling. My self-doubt is crippling a lot of the time. Um, but what I've really learned to do is like show up for myself in those moments of crippling self-doubt. I physically show up. 
Like my self-doubt comes from, I'll never cast this thing. It's so specific. I'm never going to find what they like. I don't even know how to start. I've never had to release a breakdown in this way. I'm terrified to pick up the phone and call somebody. I don't want to admit that I don't know how to do this. How do I admit that I don't want to do that? Like it's this constant stream of like, you're not enough. You're not enough. They should have hired somebody else. You don't know the people. How are you going to find these people? Nobody's submitting. Nobody's submitting. How do I, what do I like? It's constant, but you still have to show up for session. Like you signed up for it. And so I show up and I face what the day is. And then we, the day ends every time. Um, and act as if and fight through it. Act as if that's so. That that's medicine. Lucy Rose. Yeah, that's, that's my mother. That is some powerful stuff right there. Yep. And I'm my mom ingrained act as if it to me from the time I was a peanut, and it is the thing that gets me through the crippling self doubt. Ex- explain what it what, what it is to people. Act as if is just making the active choice to say I can I am this thing like. Me becoming a casting director was a huge act as if because I did not take the step of associate. I didn't work under somebody for 10 years and do that. I said, today, I am a casting director and I put it on a business card and I told the world, this is what I do after like being an assistant for a long time and like being, you know, doing the job and learning what the craft was. But like, I did not follow the quote unquote path. Right. And so it was an act as if moment of like, okay, if I say this and I do this and I am this, someone will ask me to to show up, I will show up. And if there's something I don't know, I'll learn it in the moment and we'll figure it out. Yo, that is so motherfucking powerful. It's the most powerful. And I think is so applicable. I, I totally feel like I've done that in my life. Like yeah. I think with any profession, especially creative though, uh-huh. there is, you have to kind of like trick your brain. Oh yeah. In an, in a way to literally just say like, no, like this, no, this is, this is, this is what I do. This I'm capable. I can do this. I can do this. And you like fake it until you make, like you fake it. Yeah. But the reality is you're not faking it because you're, not faking you're, it. you're telling your brain you've done it before. Right. And like, that's why people who say like people, you can trick yourself into not doing something because if you just verbalize that you've already done it, then you don't even want to do it. So there are people who, a lot of people who are not successful are not successful because they'll say like, I've won the Tony. And then your brain literally thinks you've done it. And so you stop working on the thing. For me, what I've tried to do is say like, I am this thing. And then I work towards being the thing. And I've done that since I was a kid. Like I don't let my brain fall into the trap of believing that I've achieved the thing if I haven't actually achieved the thing. My first marathon that I ran Mm -hmm. was the Chicago marathon. My mom was running it. She was registered to run it. And I told a friend, I went with her to Chicago. I told a friend I was running it. I had not trained. I had not, I was not registered for this marathon. I told my mom when we were at the expo the day before that I had to run it because I had told someone I was going to do it. She bought me a pair of running shoes at the expo and I snuck onto the course the next day and finished the marathon because I told someone I was going to do it. Had you ever like run? Never, not once in my life. (laughs) I just did it because I said I would. That's so Kate Lumpkin. It's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that is like- But like, yo, that's- that's it. Like it that is, is, it is, that is it. Like my mom, always the champion, like bought me a big cheap Hanes sweatshirt. And when they said, where was my number? I was like, it's under my sweatshirt. And I just like ran with her and we walked for some of it and we ran and I finished it and I did a cartwheel on the finish line. And you did it. <laughs> we have the picture. Is that a metaphor for your whole life? You're just like, show, just show up and do the thing. Yes. Even if nobody wants you there. 
And when you're not showing up, then admit that it's not the thing you want to do. And that, wow, that's really, po- that's really. And that's what happened like for me with this dream of like theater as a mm. thing for me in that specific way. Yeah. I stopped showing up because it wasn't really what my you body to was do. fighting it every day. Yeah. You know, because like, it wasn't really what you, you got to admit do. when you don't want to show up for yourself, when you don't want to act as if then you need to find another thing. But there's something in you that's, that's, right. that's for me. If I don't want to run the marathon with no training, then I should stop because I've done that. <laughs> Damn. See, I knew we didn't have to have a plan. I knew, <laughs> I knew that as long as we just opened the door. Hey, old friend. It, you know what I mean? It would just, it would just flow. It would just, it it's would like just. like two hours later. Two, let's see, what do we hit? We're at 120, we're at like 130. Oh, okay, that's not Which terrible. is what I was like, which is what I was hoping for. Like, but I, I, yeah, I just knew. I was like, there's just, there's too much, there's too much juicy, juicy, juicy goodness. Well, you just make everybody that you talk to feel really safe to do dangerous work. I think that's about you. That means a lot to me since yeah. that is very, that is part of, I mean, I talk about it all the time, but like that is my, that's part of the reason. That's my why. Like it's to tap into people's light. Me too. And you do that. You're a door opener. I mean, quite literally you let people in rooms and you Me let too. them show up as whoever they are <sighs> and do their thing. Mm. And you support them uh, kind of like unconditionally. Like you are an unconditional lover. You just, Oof. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that way about you. I think, I, think, I think that's just like you. And also like you have figured out how to use your gift and your skills and your artistry in a way that like is of service to other people, which is just, that's the whole fucking thing. It's like, how do we serve other people? Yeah. And man, you lift me up and fill me up. Thank you. You fill me up. This, I see, it was, it, I, I'm, I'm just, I love that we're just like on the floor. Just like of sitting on the floor work. where we work. There was a vacuum moment. Why People not? are like waiting for the elevator. Why not? This I don't, is, this I don't is care. Us. This is the real. This, <laughs> this is the real, is real. The real, honey. No, I don't, I don't need it to be, fa- I don't need it to be fancy. Like no, it's because it's, you know why? Because it's not. I mean, that's it. If there's anything that this hour and a half has been about is like, show me the cockroach. That's what I'm like, just want to be, I just want to be real. You know what I mean? You know what, thinking about what I just said, cockroaches never die. So you might as well show them off, man. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Uh, uh, uh. Um, I just, I, I, I just want to verbally acknowledge that I appreciate and I'm deeply grateful for the fact that you took time out of your very busy life to sit on me you. for two hours and do this because we also could have just like gotten dinner and I, that would have been like perfectly satisfying for me. But this way we also get to serve other people with basically what we would have talked about at a dinner we table. We had tea. We had tea <laughs> and we spilled some tea, but oh, we, I think we did. There was, there was some tea spilled. It's like a little. Um, and Thank you. I also um, deeply, deeply appreciate that you were willing to be vulnerable and you were willing to share, you know, just parts of yourself that maybe you were like, you, there was a little bit that was like, Oh my God. Like, am I, but I just, I just, it means a lot to me that you would do that. Thank you. Yeah. We got to do it, man. Vulnerability is the new sexy. <laughs> Dude, I'm putting that on a fucking t-shirt. That's what, Oh my God. That is, that is it. That's it. 
Like, I think, I think vulnerability is so sexy. It's powerful. It's potent. Ugh. It's physical. Yes. It's visceral. It's all the things. It's creamy. It's crunchy. It's spicy. It's all the goods. It is. It's, it's everything. all the goods. It's all the goods, man. It's the topping bar of life. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That is so real for me. Sprinkle that on your baked potato, honey. Or your ice cream. <gasps> oh, like a 16 handle. Or like your, yeah, like it could also be like your frozen yogurt. Also could be your like avocado, like chocolate avocado allergic, mix. Allergic, allergic. You know I can't eat avocado. It's the greatest, it's not the greatest sadness <laughs> of my life. Like that's not real. But yeah, I can't eat it. So sad. Well, I wish you On that all, note. <laughs> I wish you all the non-avocado related Thank foods you. and toppings. Um, I just, I, I love you. I love you too. Endlessly. And, and you are welcome on this podcast anytime you wish what? I, I am so into the idea of sitting down and revisiting with people I think that's so I just think it's powerful and let's cool. do it again in December next year and see where we are I'll shake on it shake on it 